welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds. Do my little ramble in the beginning. You know why I do the ramble, wife? Because you never know who's new. I didn't even listen to your answer because I already knew what the answer was. I just really was like a rhetorical question. Um... For if you've not been here before, if you've been here before, just keep talking to one another. If you've not been here before, my name is CJ Reynolds and I run this YouTube channel called Real Rap with Reynolds. And the idea behind real rap, what that really means is real talk. I don't rap. It's not a skill set that I possess. Um, I created this YouTube channel as a hope to create a community of folks um, that, that are teachers like us. People like us do things like this, as, as Seth Godin says. But the real idea behind Real Rap with Reynolds is ways to create pathways and pipelines to help teachers be the teachers that they were called to be. Because we think that teaching is actually a calling, that it was something that you were meant to do, and not just something that, like, I don't know. I don't know why else you would do this. It's just definitely not enough money or fame or, you know. There's those chicken nuggets, I'm telling you. When you get the free hookup, like when the lunch lady's like, we have a few chicken nuggets left. And I'm like, all right, girl, I appreciate it. And I love those chicken nuggets. Um something that the taste of free food is just so magical so anyway if you are interested in in teaching and, and enough that on a sunday the most terrifying day of the week for many teachers uh to show up here and have this conversation then all you have to do is put your comment or your question in the chat i will talk about anything nothing is off the table um and largely folks are anonymous so that's good because then you don't have to worry about like people uh knowing who you are or something like that so if you um if this is not enough for you if you need more if you need more reynolds there are over 400 videos on youtube there's a facebook group called real rap with reynolds teacher talk where um it's teachers like us it is the island of misfit toys of teachers in all the best possible ways so you can show up for that. There's also my book is available on Amazon and everywhere you can get books online called Teacher Class Off, The Real Rap Guide to Teaching. Um, and what else? And there's merch now too. We got merch. Finally, there's some on the website. Some it's on the still... website. I'm going to talk about more later. Um, but you can go check it out. This is it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What did that come I'm going to just jump because there's someone on here from Nigeria. Um whose name is Real Talk with Charles. Bro. Is that a... That's my first name. We're both... We're kindred spirits. Kindred spirits, man. Um, so let's see if we can get to that. Uh, so do you have questions for me or you want me to just... Scott Orway is our first. Talk. All right, let's go okay. for it. So Scott first question is asking, uh, what are your favorite things to do after teaching to wind down and relax? And yes, I love being first to have my question answered. You do. I really love that you're first all the time. It really, it just cracks me up in the best possible way. Um, I think, so, I think when you're done teaching for the day, whether it went great or whether it didn't go so great, and probably didn't go so great is probably a better, I mean, because you can just live off that energy for the rest of your day if things went great. If they didn't go great, I find that, like, I need, like a like, a, a shift in my energy completely, right? Because if I just try and go into um, anything with my kids, hanging out with my wife, like I just, I need, I need like a shock to the system almost. So what I will often do is I think when I was running every day, that was a really, really good way for me to kind of shift from that. Um, before COVID, when I was doing um, hot yoga, fairly regularly like that was a good shift because it's like it's those are two activities that 
you can't stay in that mindset. Like you have to pay attention to what you're doing. Um, especially if you're running in the winter and there's ice and snow and stuff like that. Or I find that, um, music will change my mindset. So, uh, we just, we literally just got a piano the other day. And so playing piano has been something that's been really interesting because you're doing something physical, you are getting to bang on something a little bit. Um, but those are some of the things that I like that just completely take me out of my head because I have to focus on the thing that I'm doing. And that is what works for me and, and that I love doing. What you got there, dude? Maisha is asking, um, as we are using this last week before winter break to complete missing assignments, what are some suggestions I can do for a constant submitter of blank assignments? Um... I, you know, Maisha, I think when I think about that with kids, I don't, so I don't do late work in my class. I don't do makeup work. Um, but there have been times, right? Like I'm not just some, some Grinch. Uh, I do, there's a very sp specific reason that I do and don't do the things I do in my class. Um, but you know, there have been times when I'll have a kid with like a zero, like my man did no work. Like even the time that I just asked like, Hey, like, What's your favorite cereal? They were like, nope, I will not answer this question. Um, I think sometimes it's easier to have conversations that are real with those students because you can just break it down and say like, look, can we just like, can we just take a moment and have like a real, let's have a real moment together and look at your grades and I'm not gonna shame you. I'm not gonna be overly dramatic. I'm not gonna tell you how your life's gonna be ruined if you don't get your grades together. But I am going to draw a distinction between what you're doing and what needs to be done. Like. Like, why are we coming to school? Like, if we're not going to do any level of work, like you could just, you know, but you come and you sit in class, but then you don't do anything. You could just sit in the bathroom and just like, you know, there's seats in there. So it's about getting kids to understand why it is that they would want to do something. And then is about, I think, showing grace for certain students to say, okay, if you're willing to put in the work to get this stuff done, I'm willing to put in the work to reteach it, to talk to you about it, to, do, to grade it all late, all that stuff. So it's sometimes then coming up with a plan for students and saying, like, let's come up with a plan together. Like, do you think you can do this out of all this? And what you're doing is, like I talk about a lot of times, you're rigging the game to win so that students can find success in, in moments that they didn't think they would. Um, and I think that that's, that's the move. And then I think, you know, one, documenting that, and then two, letting someone at home know that, you know, it's not that your kid's in trouble. It's not that I'm dogging them for not doing the work all year. It's not that I'm questioning your parenting or something like that. It's really, look, I'm noticing that your child is, this is what we're going through. I want to give them an opportunity to really make the best out of this. And I'm willing to do anything that I can to help them find success. Um, and so let's, let's figure that out. Uh, so just so you know, this is something that's happening. And then sometimes you know, I think that that one lets parents see that you're willing to, to do what it takes Two, it's letting them know so that their kid doesn't, you know, um, get off the hook that easily. Um, and three, it just shows that you are a unified group of individuals that are trying to help their student win. Um, yeah, she said that the whole school is our school is devoting an entire week to complete makeup work. That's a lot of potential grades in there. That's a lot of work, like extra work. for teachers. It's a ton of hard. extra work. Yeah. Okay, um, Da Vincens. You, you struggle with this. I, I know, every, every week. week. You think my brain would, could get it. But anyway, sorry about that. 
um, is asking, any hope of your book on Audible? <sighs> Not that we know of. The book on Audible. <laughs> I... Audible's so expensive, I kind of almost refuse to use them. Yeah, but it's about create somehow creating an audio book for people that Sure. Need Our it. need is different. It's um, Not at the moment. I mean, I've explained this before, but for those of you that, that don't know... Um, the way our publisher kind of decides whether or not you're going to get an audible book is it has to make some astronomical amount of money, right? Which is not impossible for us. Um, but it's also like, because what it's going to cost to produce that is so expensive that it has to be worth, worth their investment. Um, we definitely have people that like, not just folks that just prefer audiobooks. Like I really like listening to audiobooks. Um, but folks that need it, right? Like people that like have Access. like vision impairments that like need, like that's, that's what they need. Um, and that's always my draw. And I know in the past we've talked about doing like a Kickstarter or something like that, to see if we could raise money. Um, but then I wouldn't want to do that until I knew like, this is exactly what it's going to cost. This is the producer that I'm going to use. This is how it's going to take place. And to be honest, right now, there's so many things on our plate and we're such a small team of individuals here, like within the root of the company that um, it's hard to get to. It is abs it's on one of my 97, you can't really see my lists over here, but I have about 97,000 lists and posted notes over here. Um, so yes, one it day. is one day. It is on there. Go ahead. John Lopez is asking, CJ, do you have blue light protection on your glasses? I do. I got these blue light protecting glasses um, because... And I'll tell you what, man, I don't know if it's really, if they really work, but they really feel like they work because I feel less tired at the end of the day from looking at, like, I put these on like I'm putting goggles on to get in the pool. Like, I just, every time I sit down, slap these on. They do look a little yellow in the lenses sometimes, but um, they've been fun. Does anybody have a brand that they love? Oh, yeah. If you have a, I got. <laughs> You've been looking for them and they haven't been easy to find no. for Bend. No, they're not easy to find if they're not readers also. So, like, oh. for people, like, I have perfect vision. And so, for people with perfect vision, <laughs> our struggle is... What do is, you do? What are we to do? I have perfect vision. No one thinks about us. What about for the people that don't have... Well, yeah, I guess... Never mind. They're not going to make them like that for me, for my vision level. Like, I can't wear blue blockers. No, but you could probably get some kind of, like, blue blockers. Oh, I have to go spend $300 to get that access? Yeah, okay, I just thanks. wanted to play nine ninety nine at Target. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, we won't worry about my eyes. Yeah. They're already messed up. <laughs> is that what you're saying? Thanks. You're too far gone, girl. Okay, Sophie is asking, do you have any tips on formulating good um, report slash grade comments? Thanks for everything you do. Love your energy. I keep it real. Um, I don't like, I don't, I don't, so I don't even do like the sandwich thing. I think that's a good move in a lot of ways. Like when you do good comment, something that needs to be worked on, then good comment. Um, cause I feel like everybody does that. And I feel like as a parent, I would just be like, all right, yeah, 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 yeah. come on, get to the point. Um, it's about pointing out. Sometimes I like to point out things that are not academic, like your son. So I teach all boys, but like your son or your student are, um, like they're always willing to help other people. Right. So like, no matter, I don't care what your grade is. I'm just talking about you as a human being. Like, how are you in dealing with other human beings? How are you, um, with being helpful in class, with uh, being like trying to get better, like noting something about that. And then really saying, here's where your student is falling short, whether that is in the participation area and like just straight academic area, like tests, quizzes, homework, classwork. Um, here's where they're falling short. 
And then I think the most important thing is here's how they can get better. So here's four things they can do next. We do trimesters next trimester that is going to bring their grade up. And that is really, really important because, um, it's, it's not just saying, here's the problem, mom, your kid doesn't do homework. All right. So your son struggles with homework. Here's four things I think they should do next trimester to really make sure that they're doing well. Oh, they struggle with tests and quizzes. Well, here's four things you could know to help them to do better in tests and quizzes going forward. And what opportunities are all already available with regards to like making stuff up. They can, um, get extra help during my office hours before and after school. Like it's, it's making that list so that, um, parents can then look at where their student is falling short and then help them make a plan of attack so that they can do better in the future. What you got? Sorry. Uh Oh, is it singing? No, time? I was asking a question. Somebody asked, uh, where's your secret Santa video? Oh, next week. Should I answer? I did in the, in okay. the comments. Um, Claudia is asking, my school is switching to distance for the last week of the term. All assessments are done and grades are in any tips on what to do. Uh, that's a great question. Um, who's that? Claudia? Mm -hmm. Uh, so I think, you know, one, I, I, I don't try to teach anything during those times. I, I think kids see through it and there's a real lack of like engagement in that. Um, but I just think that spending time together, doing anything together is really worthwhile. So it's not, you're just on your phone or your tablet or your switch or whatever. And we're just watching a movie and whatever, but can you watch a movie and have it like home style? Are we eating popcorn or cereal together? And like, yo, like we're pausing everyone. Yo, we really got to talk about that. Yo, check it out. Did you even see what like, just happened there? And it's creating a community that is, that worked hard all, you know, all year. And now, especially with the mid in the midst of all the stuff that's going on in our country, like, and or virtual learning or hybrid learning or whatever, um, let's just enjoy this moment together and, and be together. Uh, I used to work with someone that used to, I always wanted to steal this idea. They used to make pancakes the day before winter break in their classroom, just like instant pancakes on a griddle for everyone. And then they just ate it. I had went, worked with someone else that made uh, waffles for students. And I just thought that that was such a fun idea because although it doesn't look like there's any room for like, there's no pedagogical reason necessarily to do that, right? Like kids grades aren't going to get better necessarily. Um, but, but I, even that I would argue against because I think that in a classroom where the student, where the teacher sees you, where you, they were, um, where you see them as a real person, where you are engaging and just talking and you have a genuine interest in who your students are, that stuff, that cannot be understated. It is just so important. It looks like you're not doing work, but really, you are getting kids ready to like really do work. And, and I think that that's, that's why that's so important. James Pete said he does uh, pancakes. James Pete would do pancakes. <laughs> that's awesome, man. I've always wanted to do it. And I just, it's just ne the schedule never works out. There's always something that like, plus uh, let's, let's be real. Do you know how to make pancakes? Girl. Have you ever had my pancakes? Mm, no, because I always make them. <laughs> well, listen, back when I was a not-so-single dad, when you were working all the time, I made pancakes. Oh, oh, you did, did you? I did. Um, Stephanie Shook said she did a cereal party this past week, and the kids loved it, even yes. virtual. Um, where's oh, my cereal box? It's not back here. So, oh, they are back here. One of the things I got is so dumb. I'm going to share it real quick. But that's kind of the next question if uh, you want to read. It says, okay, what are your plans? 
Chris Chong is asking, what are your plans with your classes in the last week leading into break? Thanks so much, Reynolds. Uh, I'm going to tell you. So one, we're going to make Serial Day. Uh, this is something I'm working on. I want to make Serial Day a thing that happens every month. And I think that we should all do it together. I think that everybody should eat cereal with their students on like whatever set day, like whether it's first Friday or something like that of every week uh, or every month. Um, and then we post pictures because it's just such a great idea. If you've not read my book, I talk about this thing called Cereal Day, which is better than pizza parties because cereal are really cheap. And if you're too cheap to buy that, then you can even just get top ramen because those things are six for a dollar. But I bought this thing. I was at BJ's the other day. Um, and they have this. And look, I realize I'm really healthy. Uh, and I realize that cereal has no nutritional value. So we try and find cereal with the least nutritional value. Because if you're going to do it, bro, just go. So I bought these. And then what I've been doing in class this week is my co-teacher and I have been having conversations about who's doing a really good job. And then here's what I'm going to do this week. I'm, this is so dumb. I don't know why I'm really going to do it. But it's just because it amuses me. It's fun. If you're doing a great job, I will ask you in Zoom to just send me your mailing address. I will slap a label on this and slap a stamp on it. And I'm going to just mail this. I'm not wrapping it or anything. You're just going to get a box of cereal in the, in the, cause I, cause how much it's, could I it think possibly, that is genius. it's hilarious. And, but parent is going to think, they're going to think I'm a lunatic even more than they already do. But it's like, you know, you only get to pick out of what I got here. We'll post an update of how much they cost a little box. To yeah. Send. So, um, I'll go tomorrow. And then, but even otherwise, it's like, uh, one of the things that we are kind of dreaming about doing is like funding, um, cereal parties for people. So people that don't have the money, it's like if we could just fund a cereal day for them would be really fun too. So um, that's one of the things I'm hoping to do is cereal day. And then uh, I'm actually given first time ever, bro, because I only see my students twice a week. I'm doing a test the last day before break. Um, and that is harsh and is not something I like doing, but it's like the way this unit fell. If I don't finish what we're doing now and have some small assessments, not going to be something super hard. Then, um, we're going to be off for two weeks or whatever. And then they're just going to lose it. Like they're not going to have it. So your answer to Chris Chong's question was really wanted, boring. I'm going to do a it was test. Half boring. I'm going to do a test. <laughs> okay. Let's move on from that one. What's up child? Nothing. Okay. Okay. okay Summer Tate. Summer Tate is asking or is saying, I am frustrated with breakout rooms in Zoom. I surveyed the students and the majority of my students hate them. I have tried icebreaker games, shared docs, assigned jobs, etc. What else can I try? The weird thing is that they collaborate well on a shared document when they are in the main room and then they get all awkward with each other in the breakout rooms. Yeah, because kids hate breakout rooms because they just says I mean look, the same thing like when you're in school. And the teachers will put you in a group and you're like, bro, it's so weird and awkward. Um, that's a good question. How to get kids over their awkwardness. Um, well, can you do it all together in the main room since they. Oh, yeah, dog. but that's dog. You <laughs> keep doing this like every week. Just make my camera tilt. That's going to hit me in the head. Um, I don't, I don't have a, fast answer to that one uh does anyone have an answer to that i'm just wondering like summer tate, summer tate has got me stumped for a minute here like when kids are in breakout rooms on zoom or google or whatever like how are we helping them this is so crooked now my dog really did a number on it um how are we helping them to kind of get over their awkwardness and to have fun in what they're doing um or, or just not even have not even necessarily just have fun, but like to, to 
do something like to to not be so scared to talk to people um so i'm just wondering if, if folks have have that uh it could also be I mean, I'm just thinking, I'm trying to think through, sometimes it just takes me a second and I don't want to stop talking because then it has these awkward silences and I'm not Mr. Rogers. Uh, <laughs> I think if kids like picked their own groups, but that comes with good and bad things. So some kids don't have groups to get into and some kids are going to pick groups just because someone cutes in it and then they're going to fail because all they did was flirt the whole time or try and show off. Um, I think making things a competition, really like first group that's done gets you know, freaking, you'll all get a box of Fruit Loops. Um, you could do something like, uh, like have kids go in the breakout rooms, but then they don't have to necessarily talk with one another for the first portion. So they're working on whatever their part is. And then they come back together. Um, someone suggested, uh, can you have them choose their groups? Maybe that would help. Yeah. But I was saying like, sometimes oh. that works, but then if you just want to like hang out with I mean, that's what I would have done people. as a high school student, but... Just hung out with cute people? <laughs> no. You would have been friends. in my group? Would you have been in my group? Yeah. You would have been like, hey. For sure. Hey, handsome. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next, All right. the next question. Sorry, All right. sorry, 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 Summer Tate. Bombed on that one. Uh, Laura is asking, Hey, Reynolds, I hope you are well. I'm teaching in person this year, yet feeling so inadequate as a teacher and giving my class... Uh, what they need to thrive. How do you keep your self-talk positive? Uh, I force myself to do it. Literally, my the the uh, amount of let, let's get let's just put this out there, the amount of negative stuff that goes through my brain on a daily basis is pretty high. Like the negative self-talk of like, I didn't start this yet. I committed to this and I didn't do it. I didn't call this person back. I forgot to email this person. I had this commitment and I and I forgot about like. And then it goes to stuff that's like ridiculous, like just dumb stuff that happened years ago or that is um, how my life is right now. Or like, there's just like, it's, it's constant, man. Um, and I think that, you know, from what I read, like a lot of that comes out of like this sort of evolutionary background where you're constantly looking for the danger for the negative to make sure that doesn't happen. Um, but then most of the stuff that you worry about, right? Studies say at least that like, it doesn't really happen. And if I think back over my life, that's true. Like a lot of the things that I was really concerned about, really worried about just never even materialized. So I have to literally do this thing every morning and I've been doing it at night. Um, like once we go to bed, uh, I just do it like while I'm laying there with my eyes closed before I fall asleep is, um, forcing myself to say like what I'm grateful for, forcing myself to sit, to, comment on like all the things in my life that are good and so if I just even look in the room that I'm in that I have curtains and there's plants and I have um a place to put the kids shoes and that there's you know even though my kitchen's a hot mess right now because it's being remodeled like that's still happening um that you know I have to be thankful and just take a breath for the moment like my kids are in the other room and they're good um I'm doing work with my wife my dog is not eating himself to death like he's been doing lately and he's just chilling at my feet here knocking over my camera like these are all things to be really thankful of and it's just forcing yourself to say them and I think the best way to do it is out loud even if it's barely audible to anyone um but just yourself it's like saying out loud like how thankful I am and how much I love myself and stuff like that it's it's just making yourself do it what you got buddy uh, we're gonna try and redeem that question. There is Edie actually has. Oh, a all right, question. let's go. Edie has a summer team um, answer. 
what would well it's not really an answer it's it might help with the summer tea one anyway let me ask it what would he what would you do for a kid um like in high school who's too shy for class participation or groups or breakout rooms or anything um what do you what do you got for that kids that are too shy uh -huh. um i think that all right so maybe maybe my answer for summer tea was a little bit it was weak it was weak. I'm going to be honest with you. But it's because I, because sometimes answers are longer than people want them to be. And I know Summer Tate is an amazing teacher, so she could probably still get down with this. But to Edie's point, like, what do you do when someone is, like, really, really shy? It's, a, you have to find ways to build their confidence. Um, so in my book, I talk about this kid, Business Casual, who's a real student of mine. And, um, business casual would like eat downstairs, like behind the wrestling mats, or he would just like sit in the bathroom during lunch. Cause he didn't belong anywhere. And once I found out about this, cause I have scouts that go around the school and look for lonely, you know, ostracized children. And they, their job is to bring them back to our room. And then we help them to feel comfortable. And sometimes that's just by that. Sometimes that's by talking to them. Sometimes it's by not talking to them and just giving them a space in the corner and they can just plug in their headphones and be on their switch during lunch and, not talk to anyone, but at least they're a safe space where they know nothing is being expected of them. Um, and sometimes that is connecting them with students that are confident that are going to just say what's up in the hallway. They're going to ask them something at lunch that are going to ask them like what they like to do and then find common interests. So I think for those really silent children, um, I don't, you know, like maybe some kids just want to be introverted. Maybe they don't want to talk. Maybe it's not just a confidence thing. But when it is, it's about finding ways to build that student's confidence. And the way that I think one of the number one ways to build confidence in a child is to let them know that they're okay for who they are right now. We do not expect you to be something else, to be something other than yourself. But it is, as Mr. Rogers says, it is you that I like. Um, and not the stuff you have, not the things that you, not the way you make the class laugh, none of that stuff. It's just like innately, um, you are the person that I care about. And when kids know that, and then they can try a little bit and a little bit of that kind of weirdness comes out or that awkwardness comes out or that strangeness comes out, it, it builds this momentum where now you feel like you're a part of a community that really cares and students that are really going to listen, people that really want you to do a good job. And so it's not, you know, um, it, education becomes a communal activity. And I think that that's, that's where I would start, but that takes a little bit longer, uh, but it's still, it's still damn worth it because you're setting them up for success going forward. And you realize that this job was never about this year, um, that it is forever. It's, it, it is, is going along as long as that child is alive. That's, that's, we're doing long-term work here. Better. Thank Thanks. You. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Edie. Um, Eric Royce, I think, um, how that's pronounced. Eric is asking, so you're, you're obviously a caring person. Do kids try to take advantage of that? And if so, how do you spot that in the moment? Yes, all the time. Uh, people think that your kindness is weakness or they see your grace as being something that they think they can get over you on. Um, one, I just don't care if someone does it. Uh, you're going to take the gift that I give you any number of ways. Some people are really going to appreciate it. Some people are going to be like, oh, all right, like, did not really care that much about it. Some people will be dismissive. Some people might try and return my gift. I don't really know. Um, you know, that's why I give uh, kindness out with a gift receipt. So I think when that happens, though, 
teachers have a, a tendency, I know I did, especially when I was younger, that you get hurt. You get hurt when you try and do something nice for someone and they and they don't uh they don't care about it, right? So I'm talking about big stuff too, like buying kids Christmas presents that I've done or um paying for something for someone, really putting my neck on the line because I know that this kid's gonna get in trouble, but I'm gonna go to this meeting or stand or stick out for him or something like that. Uh and then kids are just kind of like nonchalant, like don't really care. I just, that's not what I'm doing it for. My job is to give the gift. What you do with the gift is completely up to you. I don't, if I give a gift to my aunt for Christmas, I don't care if she returns it. I don't care if she puts it in a closet. Like I, I don't even know what she does. I don't follow up with her and be like, did you use that? How many times have you used it yet? Did you like it? What'd you like about it? What didn't you like about it? Is it even in the box still? You don't even open it up yet, did you? Like, I'm not gonna interrogate you. I think the other side is, knowing that um kids are always like that this is what we do we try things as, as human beings we try and see what we can get away with i try and see how many you know my children right now are real into like seeing like how but like my son wants to know how much he can curse he's trying to figure out cursing all the time so can i curse what curses can i say hell this is some hell good dinner so that doesn't even make sense we're going to talk about that right now but then i'll hear him in the other room and he says like shit or something i'm like yo we got chill like we got people over the house or like you just can't say things like out of pocket whenever you want like it's, it becomes more of a conversation um and so i think it's about what you're doing is helping kids navigate themselves to figure out what they can get away with what they can't get away with um and then showing them what real care looks like real care looks like you did something wrong i didn't like your behavior i still like you and then how are we going to grow from this and then tomorrow put it behind us and I keep moving on. And sometimes that is an act on the teacher's part it is not real because you, you really are hurt. But I think it's showing kids that I'm that at least in my mind, I'm willing to act like I've gotten past it because I need to, I need to be there with you. And I need to show you what grace really looks like. Um, Jennifer Sweeney. Thank you for that. Um, and she's also saying, Hey, introverts are not shy. Shy has anxiety, but I am just quiet. Introverts are okay. Yeah. As is. Absolutely. So yeah. first of all, thanks for giving us money. That was awesome. I appreciate it. I don't even know what um, that thing is called when that does that. It's, uh, oh snap. I'm gonna I know. I was thinking I forget what it's called. Now you're making me forget. Um, but also, yeah, I think that sometimes like, look, I think we often, um, look at teachers, look at students, look at people that are introverted as if they're broken, right? Like, oh, you just must lack confidence. It's like, no, some people just are quieter. They just don't need to do all, all, all of this stuff all the time. And that's, you know, which is, you know, I, I think one of the important things about, uh, you know, a community like this is to not look at anyone that's a part of this community and think that that's the way you should be. It's about helping you to figure out how are you, how is your ordinary somebody else's extraordinary? How is what you're doing special? And, and I think, you know, kids see all that stuff. I knew that was, I thought that was oh, Indie Kitty. Because that was, thought. that's her picture. Yeah, I thought they just happened I, to have I was the like, same cool picture. I know, I was like, did somebody take Indie Kitty's picture? And then... <laughs> Super chat, that's what it's Your called. real name's not Indie Kitty? This is preposterous. <laughs> that's like when I talked to Unicorns Rock one time and she told me your real name and I was like, what? Like, <laughs> It's really so hard to go off of people's like eyes and screenings. Oh, oh gosh. Okay, got? Mickey is asking, um, how do you hold students accountable for getting their assignments in on time when you have a 40% fail rate if you don't taken late work i feel like the failures look bad on me uh all right so that's a good question i think where we start from 
is what's the most important here thing here? Is it students learning the right thing to do, the right way to do things, or is it about us looking like we're doing the right thing? Um, that is a real question, right? Like, so this is something I have, I wrestle with constantly because, you know, kids love my, my class. Like even the kids that are failing it, I think probably really like my class in, in a lot of ways. They think that I'm funny. They like being in my room. They like the stuff that we do. That's wacky. Um, they just don't want to do schoolwork. And so it, that's tough sometimes. It's like when you have someone that is um, crushing it and like, or they're a really great kid or you really get along and then they're not doing what they need to do. So I'm going to put my man out there right now. And this guy right here, DJ Dirty Kev, we call him, uh, with the black hoodie on the cover of my book. Uh, one of the reasons he's on the cover of my book is because he is someone that, I mean, Kev and I have been all over the world. We have done amazing things together. We have an amazing relationship. I talk to him bi-weekly to just talk about movies and stuff like that. We just do phone calls. Um, his mom will just call me for stuff. What's that? I said his check-ins. He calls me. Yeah, yeah. Check Yo, Ren, just checking in. Um, but he was not a very good student. He had a really hard time with school. He had a really hard time, like, doing, doing well. Uh, and so it was, to me, it was about breaking it down for him as to, like, bro, this is a game. Like, here, like, what's your why? What do you want to do here? What, why do you want to do well? Why do you, what, what's your motivation here? And when we can do that with students and help them figure out what their why is, then that helps, one. Two, it's about, I think, sometimes reverse engineering for students. So our school just moved from percentage, like category weights. So like classwork's worth this. And it was something the school came up with. We didn't have any say. Classwork is worth this, homework's worth this, tests are worth this, quiz are worth this, that kind of thing, to total points. And I like total points so much more because it's more like a basketball game. It's like, look, this is, like, I can even tell you these are the points available for the trimester. And then at any given time, you can figure out, like, where you're falling on that spectrum. And that really helps kids to, to wrap their head around the reality that, like, oh, I don't have just a ton more opportunities. Oh, I, can, I can't just chalk this and then do well later. And then I think it's about what I'm learning this year, especially within the midst of virtual learning, it is keeping parents involved more than ever. Um, I am not a person that calls parents easily. I'm not a person that sends emails to parents easily. But when mom and dad both have to go to work and their son is at home all day by themselves and they're just chilling in their room playing Fortnite instead of doing schoolwork, like parents don't always know that. So it's about keeping those lines of communication clear and then, um, per, per one, creating opportunities for students to, whether it's makeup work, whether it's retake assessments, whether it's get extra help, um, making those available and then documenting whether students are or are not coming to them. Because, you know, you always get into that situation where like a kid tells their mom, like, I am, I am doing everything. I, I, I did go, I, I have gone to office hours. And it's like, nope, I actually have never had you in attendance for office hours ever. Or, you know your child is allowed to retake tests and quizzes every Wednesday, but they've never showed up for any of them. And for some of them, when they got 30, like getting a 50 on that, which is still not passing, would have brought up their grade this much. It's like, it's, it's figuring out those ways to sort of document that so that it is very clear to parents also what you've been doing. Um, because then parents, I think, want to work with you and not just point the finger and blame for what you're doing also. What you got? Oh, Mr. James Pete has a question. Um, he's asking, in the past several weeks, we've bounced between 12 different styles of teaching. In January, I have a student teacher. One, pray for me. Two, 
how do I game plan this? Oh man, student teacher. Just think about how much it would suck to be a student teacher right now anyway. Like you worked for years to get to this point to be in front of students or to be with students and now all of a sudden you're just sitting on the computer in your laundry room. Um, <laughs> I think... Gosh. How do you game plan? So look, I, are we talking... Jim, are we talking about game planning for how to bring a student teacher into this? Or are we talking about I think game you, planning? I think how do you game plan with like this crazy okay. teaching world that we're in right now? All right. With like So I would go full, like we're not having a regular student teaching situation. That's what I would just tell people. Like if you're going to be with me, this is not going to be your average student teaching experience. Um, cause what we're going to have to do is we have all these different types of kids, all these different types of learners, and we're going to really, um, d like focus in on what exactly like kids need. Uh, and then we're going to make class for them. And I think that that is that that's what I would do. And then it's like, let's dream up ways. Let's just like, so one of my, one of my favorite things I've been doing lately is uh i used to just I, I like dreaming right i like just dreaming and just thinking about stuff and letting my mind go and thinking about like how could this be amazing what if we did this next week what if we did this what if we stopped doing this what if what if i did and and that's for big things like what if i didn't have grades anymore right like i'm not going to get rid of grades and nor am i allowed to but like just letting my head go there letting my head go to like what would class look like if we taught from anywhere in the school? What, if, what, what would distance learning look like if I didn't teach from just this computer but moved outside or across the street or down the block? What would it look like if I introduced music every single day? What if, it, like, so you just like let yourself go down that rabbit trail and in doing that, I just find out that I come up with a lot of really great ideas. I come up with a lot of ridiculous ideas and terrible ideas also, but um, so the way that I've been doing that lately is I buy foam core board or I find old foam core board that my kids used for signs at some point. And on the back, I just like dream it out, just write it all out. And that's been really fun and liberating and sort of cathartic because it stops me from just looking at the limits that I have in front of me and instead allows me to just kind of dream bigger and think about stuff and then figure out like, okay, how can we work this into what we're do like into class? Um, and I, I like, I think that idea is fun. Okay. Maria, I can go more about that, but I think I'll stop. Um, Marie is asking, my students are often apathetic. I've tried creating projects and building relationships with them, but some of the students won't even respond to questions. What can I do to reach them? So, uh, I have two options here. One is something. So three options. One, um, what if you got together with other teachers and that student to try to kind of, you know, circle around them to really have this conversation, to really talk to them about uh, what's going on and let them know what that what that's doing is letting them know that you are a community of individuals that are trying to help out uh, a student to do to, to be what they can really be. Um, and that I've found incredible success around especially when it's like people that really care so it's not just like teachery talk it's like nope we're gonna like really sit here and like care about you in your face um it's i talk about punching kids in the face with love um so which sounds aggressive but you know it's just like bam right at you like a water balloon um and so 
the other thing is, I think, what if you put kids in charge? What if you put those students in charge of actually doing something? Like they had a role to play in class, whether that was reading the do now, reading everyone's answers for the do now, uh, giving them a job where they have to grade something. Like they're, they have a role outside of that of just the student. Maybe they're teaching something. Maybe they are... Uh, in charge of sound effects or music for the day or whatever it is, but you're providing them some other, you know, reason to show up to class, some other reason to to <clears throat> stop what they're doing and focus in on what's happening because they are they have a role. I think the third thing is sometimes, Marie, I just wonder, like, what if we just stop focusing on that student, right? Like, they're, you know, you can't make kids do work. So I think what we can do is I. I I don't know if I said this already today, but I had an interview right before this, and I I definitely said it there, but. You know, you can lead a horse to water and you can't make it drink, but you can make it really thirsty. And so when we can do that, when we make lessons uh, that are so engaging, it's hard for not for someone to not want to engage on some on some level. When we are really, really getting along with other students in the class and we're laughing and we're carrying on and we're having like great like conversations and doing work together. It's hard for kids to not see us as something more than what they would have seen us for like in the beginning of the year. So what you're doing is just creating this space in this place that is really enticing and engaging, but not forcing someone, right? It's like, if you're a great DJ, you just find great jams that get everyone on the floor and everyone's dancing and having a great time, but you can't make someone get up and dance. You can't make someone get down. And if they dance, you can't make them have fun. So it's like, trying to um, sometimes just like say, all right, like I'm not done with you. I'm not cutting you off. I don't, I'm not throwing you out with the bathwater, which is a weird saying, but like, um, I'm here for you. Whenever you want to start, I'm, I'm here for you, but I won't, I can't force you to read. I can't make you do the work. I'm not going to hold, like if someone holds your back and pushes you and makes you do sit-ups, you are not getting any muscles from doing this, right? You have to do the sit-ups yourself. And so we can make sit-ups fun. We can put on right music. We can have super cool people in the room. We can go to a really great gym. We can do have all the stuff, but like unless you want to do it, that's it. The end. Like you you have to want to do it. And so I think that that's what it is. It's it's but it's it's not being done with students. It's letting them know that under no circumstances have I ever given up on you or will I give up on you, but I'm here for you when you when you're ready. What you got? Uh, Natasha is asking, I am an elementary gifted teacher. I need my fifth graders to peer edit each other's pages. How? Oh, great question. Um, I think one is having a very simple list of what those things look like. Don't give them 97 different things to look at, but just, um, simple things. I think it is like having a conversation. So if I was in, um, so you could use Google Docs to do that. You could use like Zoom discussion boards to do that. Um, but I would start with something simple, right? So it's not just like, here's the work, here's someone's essay, and I want you to revise it. It could be like a really simple question. It could be um, like, so on Google, one of the things we'll do in class sometimes is like on uh, Schoology, they have like these discussion boards. And it's, your job is to not only post but you have to say something to someone else's. So we're starting to use that muscle of speaking back to someone's stuff, of saying something to someone's stuff, of having a thoughtful insight. 
a connection piece like, oh, I've done that too. Or have you ever tried this? Or what do you mean when you said this? Or like, was anyone there with you? Like you're asking follow-up questions. So what you're doing is actually teaching students to engage with one another on, on a level that is, seems harmless, that there's like, there's no, you have very little skin in the game, which is another weird saying. And then, uh, but then you're, you're building up to doing something like looking at their papers. And then I think in doing that, what you're doing is allowing students to see one another as human beings. And so when they're reading a paper, it's not just some like, you know, some kid in the classroom. It's like, oh no, oh, that's Pete. Like that's, that's my guy. Or like, that's my friend. Or like, I remember him talking about this. And then I think it, it gives you a little bit more of an in-depth uh, way of answering that. What you eating over here? Are you ready? Nobody what I have. Are you toast? A piece of a biscuit? Oh, all right. Okay. Uh, Day in the Classroom starving. is asking, how do you balance time and significant others slash family when it just feels like work life takes so much time, working six to seven days a week, basically? So I, I think, one, Day in the Classroom, I'm going to say this. Teachers love that. There is a part of teaching that we love like how long we work, how hard we work, how much we put into our classrooms, how much we put into our kids. Like, um, there's a part of that that is like, man, that's what we got into this for, right? Like we love doing that. We love working 15 hour days, 18 hour days, right? You on side of your head, you think that you don't, but if you cut that out, if you stop doing that, you would feel like you weren't putting all into this that you should be. I would like to offer this. What if you only worked your contracted hours for school. So whatever that is, from the beginning of the day to the end of the day, and that's it. What then would your life You're look like? You're making everybody like their anxiety shoot through maybe, the roof. Uh, but maybe that's, that's what, what should happen. What would you get done? If so if I, so several weeks ago, months ago, I started doing this. So in the beginning of the year, I did the same thing as everyone else. 12, 15, 18 hour days, like pulling my hair out, couldn't figure out one damn thing to do on Schoology. Because for whatever reason, that platform decided that there should be five ways to do any one thing. Um, and so I just got to the point where like, I like, so school happens here. Real rap with Reynolds happens here. Like engagement with a lot of my friends and coworkers happens here. It's like, I just literally sit in this chair all day in the side of my laundry room. And it's like, bro, like, come on. So I just decided not to do it anymore. Because my school just kept piling things on every week. They're like, all right, our job is going to be, we're going to take stuff away from you. And instead it was like, we're going to take stuff away. But first we just need, if you could just do like these last three things. And then we're going to really, we're going to clear it up. We're going to have that. All we want you to do is teach. Except for actually guys, you know what? We forgot. These things came up. Um, we're being audited for special education. There is this after school program thing we need you to be a part of. Oh yeah, I forgot. There's a meeting today after school. I stopped doing all that stuff. I work from eight to four every day, unless there's something that like, sometimes an extra 45 minutes, an hour on the end of the day, two hours tops, like that I will put in, but that's occasionally when it's like, I wanna make sure all these grades are in. I wanna make sure all these comments are done. I wanna make sure that these students really, like that tomorrow's set up okay. But largely eight to four every single day. I wake up later every day. So I used to wake up at five o'clock in the morning. I usually get up around seven. Um, pray, read coffee with my wife, go to work at eight. Um, I have until eight 45 to, till I have to start teaching. So it's office hours and planning. I get off for an hour or 40 minutes or whatever it is for lunch, 50 minutes. Um, 
I don't do work most of the time during that time, unless I'm helping. Like there are some times when like I have some students that are like, uh, really struggle that have like severe learning differences that like really need help. So sometimes I'll work through lunch with them, but most of the time it's just hanging with my kids. I go for a walk I take my dog to the park, whatever I do. Then I come home, then I teach till four or, or work till four. My last class is done at two. So I work from two to four because those are my contracted hours. The end. I don't do anything. I turn my computer off. I hide the notifications for the group text that I'm in um, so that all the people that talk all night long, I just don't even get any of their text messages until the next day. And I told the school that if there are meetings, unless it's an absolute emergency, I emailed someone last week about this, unless it's an absolute emergency, if you put a meeting on my schedule uh, less than 72 hours in advance, I will not be at that meeting because I because it was not given to me in a, in a proper amount of time and, and I need to be able to get my head right, get my family right, get my dog right. Like these are, those are things that actually make me a better teacher. And then on Saturdays, I don't do anything. I do a Sabbath now where I don't do any work for Real Rapper with Reynolds or otherwise. The one exception right now is um, we launched a bunch of products yesterday. And so that we worked on that for a bit yesterday, but that just kind of felt like fun. Like it was like writing product descriptions that were silly. Um, so yeah, to that end, if you do go to realrapwithreynolds.com uh, and go to our store, we finally have stuff in there. So we got all these new stickers and stuff. Which these aren't um, in there yet, but they're These coming. aren't in there. Be the teacher you dreamed of being. Look at that cloud. It has like purple accents in it. It's fire. Um, we got the book cover sticker. We got Sprinkle Magic. Those were the ones that we had those in the Facebook group also already. Um, relationships with our king with that backwards, uh, that background artwork, same as from the book from my guy, Alois McElwain, favorite, uh, graffiti artist in, in the city. Um, teacher class off this is actually transparent. So when you peel it off, it's clear. Well, the text is white. Oh, the background is all clear. the white becomes clear though. Right. Or no. Well, no, oh, the, the text, text is white. The text white. The back, <laughs> yeah. You're better. You explain things so I can understand. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and then the teach other teacher class off thing. You can also go on there and you can get, let's do the whole spread real quick, wife. I need for everything that's around here anyway. Teacher class off travel mug. Bam. Take your there life juice with you. Oh, there's that sticker. Um, there's also journals on there and then they're available soon. Oh, it's not even in here because it's in the other room because we're taking pictures of it. <laughs> oh no, Mr. James. James Beatty said, wait, do you see me in a crop top hoodie? Yeah. <laughs> So crop top hoodies are a great idea, James Pete, because sometimes your belly button just gets overheated doing virtual teaching. You need to give it a breather. Crop top time. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's t-shirts in there. There's a hoodie. There's only one hoodie right now, but that's because supplies are very, very difficult to get right now. Um, well, because I don't want crappy sweatshirts. We don't want crappy want... stuff. All of our stuff is really good stuff, and we're trying to get sourced from, like, responsible places and all that stuff. Uh, and then the bubble microphones... These suckers are going to be available in there, hopefully by the end of today. And hands on a stick will also be available in there. But microphones and hands on a stick are right now only available in the U.S. because it would cost a fortune for me to send um, somewhere else. Uh, but and keep can... checking there. So stuff will pop. All those stickers, the microphones, the hands on the sticks will pop up hopefully today on there. Um, if not by t by tomorrow. Um, and, yeah. and look, I mean, this is, this is to make money, but to just be clear, one of the things that we're doing here at Real Rap with Reynolds is like, it's not just making money for us and for our family, although it is, I mean, look, cause I, I basically make YouTube videos for free for the last five years. And so to be able to make money on that is, 
is great. Um, oh, but it's yeah, also helping that. students. It's also helping like fund ideas in class. It's also helping fund students and, and their lives and their colleges. And like, that's one of the things that we really want to build an income around is to be able to just be a blessing, be an answer to other people's prayers. And that's what we're kind of looking at. So, um, yeah, real, right at real rap with Reynolds, Dot com. You can go to our store and you can get all that stuff available. Um, and even if it's not for you, these are like good things like buy other people that you work with. Like, I do. Who wouldn't love a bubble microphone? Yeah. Uh, Mr. James Pete, I want to say that you are not the only one that had that issue. Few people, their bubble microphones have broken in shipping. So if that ever happened to anybody, yeah. um, please let us know so we can send you a new one because we're going to ship free. them out in a new way um, so that they don't get squished. Well, we didn't think either, and not didn't. to go on too long about this, but we had them in bubble wrap. And what we didn't consider was that the put a heavy post office on puts things on top of other things and then they're breaking. So we were just finding, trying to find ways to cut costs for shipping so that we didn't have to charge more, right? Um, so some of the products are expensive in the store, but it's just because they're already expensive. So then like we only are trying to do like a minimum markup on them. But anyway, uh, and if anybody so yeah, has things that they want to eat or ideas <clears throat> and things like that, I, like just hit, just let me know. Shoot yeah. an email. Let Text us know. Me. But if you get a broken bubble <laughs> microphone, uh, James Pete has one coming to him. It's sitting literally on my dining room table. Um, but if you get one that's broken, just let us know and we'll, we'll hook it up. Uh, what you got? Oh, I'm sorry. I love reading. You don't have any questions. Comments. No, I do. We have a bunch. Stephanie right. Shook is asking, do you have any suggestions for short stories for sixth grade um, ELA? The ones my... PLC shows are old and boring. Yeah, so I, a lot of stories are old and boring. Um, and those are all the ones we pick from all the time. Uh, so I'm going to... I I like some of the old ones. Some of the ones I like are old. Um, but I'm blanking on names right now. Like, Most Dangerous Game is always a hit for some reason with boys. It's like battling and fighting and killing each other and hunting one another is good. Um, After 20 Years is another one, too, by O'Henry that, like... My students just like for some reason. I think they can see themselves in that story sometimes. So I'm wondering, Lopez, I see, said the birthday party. But does anyone else have... So if you're not paying attention, uh, if I could have your attention for a moment. Sixth grade ELA short stories. What you got? Put it in the comment section. Um, let's see if we can get a flood of those in there. And if you don't teach sixth grade ELA, like what's the story that you really loved when you were a kid? Uh, I, I also think that using... New York Times articles is a really great idea. So you can go to New York. If you if you Google New York Times lesson plans, a lot of really good stuff comes up too. So that's that's fun as well. And then it's really relevant as well. Um, Jub Jub is asking, how do I choose between teaching in high school and elementary school? Uh, that's a really, that's such a good question. Um, I, so there's, it's so different. It's like, it, like I couldn't, I don't know, I could be an elementary school teacher. Um, I've thought about it before, like to just go way back and like that old, like uh, an ounce of prevention is better than a pound of cure. So like, instead of like dealing with students now that I have, that are on second grade reading levels, like maybe going back to second grade and teaching so I could just help those students. But I also think that it really comes down to, for me, it was what age did I need the teacher that I am? Right. So thinking about who I am, what I provide, what I, what I, the level of care, the level of interest, like the things I do, what age 
did I really need that the most? And for me, it was ninth grade, which is why I teach ninth grade. I've never, I've taught other grades, but all, they were all in conjunction with ninth grade. Um, cause ninth grade to me was, uh, was a huge pivot point in my life. It was like, who am I really? What do I like? What do I not like? What do I stand for? What do I not stand for? What do I put up with? Like me coming into my own. And this is that I get to teach that age in which I was going through a lot of those changes myself. Um, so I feel like I'm on mission in that grade level, but I think it's like that, that's how I answered that question. I'm not sure how everyone else would answer that, but that was my takeaway from that. Good. Oh, I know. I'm just, multiple. Oh, you just, yes. oh, you geography everywhere is asking. I love preparing lessons, thinking of ideas to do in class, being in class with the students. I love teaching, uh, worksheets. I love I have so much motivation to do all the stuff. I always found correcting homework is the hardest, most boring and tedious part of teaching. This year, it's so much worse. We're hybrid and all classwork and homework needs to be handed in online. Any tips? So I make an event out of anything that I don't like doing um, <laughs> and, and it makes it more fun. So I will, I used to, when I was in school, I would put on like, it'd be end of the day, clean up my room, make everything look like neat and organized, put on some jams, Friends would come in and we'd grade together. I've had friends come over and grade and we've had like wine and pizza and just graded at my dining room table and like everyone's grading and talking and laughing. And I'll tell you what, I'm not trying to promote like uh, alcohol consumption here for, you know, because it's not everyone's jam. But um, having a glass of wine and grading papers, man, they're so much better. Those those papers are just like, they just don't hurt your heart as much when they don't do well. Um, I will often sit back here and it's the end of the night and like, again, grab like a beer or grab like a cup of coffee or something. And I get the, these lights all changed. So I like set the vibe in the room. I put the right jams on and it's make a moment out of it. And, and I think, you know, that's something that I've done my whole life is like make moments out of things that are just not really moments. But whenever I've done that, I've just found a lot of fun in it. And so I will say th this little extra piece to that. Uh, when I, I've had a lot of really lame jobs in my life. I used to work, uh, as the front door greeter at Home Depot. Um, and it was cause I got in trouble at Home Depot when I was working there. So they thought to keep an eye, and I'm not even going to go into that, keep an eye on me. They were going to make me stand at the front door. And then I would just make fun with it. Like I'd have fun with it. Like how I was going to greet people and what language was I going to greet people? What accent was I going to use to greet people? Cause they didn't know who the hell I was or if I was Australian or New Zealand or from like Texas. Um, so how y'all doing today? If you need anything, just let me know where it is and then try and be the greatest front door greeter ever. So if someone needed something, if someone didn't know where something was, it was like, no, my whole job, my whole focus right now is to help you find a coupling for that piece of pipe. And we're going to go do it right now. Cause I know there's no one in plumbing ever. So I'm going to walk you down there. I'm going to give you the greatest customer care that you ever had. When I worked in home Depot and had to like, I worked or I worked in a warehouse and I had to just like drop pallets of product and stock shelves all the time. It was like, I just did it and I made it the most, I'm like, no, this is going to be awesome. We're going to drop more pallets than everybody else. We're going to put in more work than everybody else. And in two hours, we're going to be done more than everybody does all day. And, just, and that's how we're going to do it. But it's just making moments out of every regular thing. And that to me, I just, it makes it more palatable when I do that. What you got, buddy? John mm, Lopez just gave us all a recipe for teacher's aid. <laughs> it's a shot of vodka, six ounces of Simply Lemonade, raspberry lemonade, uh, and one ounce of pineapple juice, a splash of Malibu Bay rum. That sounds 
like I would love it. John Lopez drinks that drink with, an with his robe on, <laughs> an ascot, sitting in front of a fireplace. Because he's the most interesting. Can you make that up since you have an image of him I now with his beer and you can totally make that happen? Yeah, I think this is a good idea. Oh. I like what you're on to. Okay, I think we're, I think we have one more question. One more question. Let's go. Okay, Andrew Thompson. Hey, Reynolds, do you have any more tips uh, for connecting slash building relationships with students as a substitute teacher? So, Andrew, I think the interesting thing about being a substitute teacher is you get to try a bunch of stuff. Um, and you got to make like relationships in a hurry because um, you, you only have that certain amount of time with that student a day, a week, a month, whatever it is. Someone's, you know, while they're out on maternity leave. Uh, I, I think it really comes down to practicing listening. Um, it's not so much what we say. It's what we are doing. It's what we are giving space to, to have happen. So um, I know it's very awkward when you ask students a question and then it takes them a minute to say something or they start going off on some tangent on some anime show that you don't even care about. But it's really, I think, young people and, you know, my favorite poet, Anis Mojgani, has this line that says, speak when, uh, this, this poem is for the people that were told speak when spoken to and then are never spoken to. And I think that's young people. They're told sit down and shut up um, and speak when spoken to. And instead, creating spaces and places where students can be themselves, where they can share who they are and what they're interested in. And I think that we forget that it is, like I say all the time, it is our attention, not our advice, which is a shirt for that on the new web on the website. Um, it's our attention over our advice that really wins students over. So it's like, what what adults are not going to tell them what's wrong, what's weird, what's goofy, what they shouldn't be doing, how they should really communicate with people. It's like, nope just accepting you for who you are right now in this moment. And that's what I'm going to do. And I think as a substitute, if you become a sub in the same school over and over and over again, which most schools, if they like, I know our school does this. If we like someone that's a substitute, um, we will call them back a lot. If someone's terrible as a substitute, we make sure that they never come back again. But the students at our school get stoked when they're like, Oh, yo, Mr. Or Mrs. So-and-so is like covering algebra today. That's exciting because They've met you in other classes. They've talked to you in other classes. And then, you know, so I think that that's, that's how I would build relationships with students, like even in those short interim times. So that's it, gang, for this week. We're at an hour, a little bit over. Uh, and we have some Christmas stuff to take care of. Um, look, if and the Eagles have a new quarterback playing today. Ooh. Yeah, I got to figure that out. No, I don't want to watch them. They depress me. They do depress me, but this could be exciting putting stick box I mean, yeah, it's just there. And stick bots are great. Um, so look, gang, uh, as we're getting closer and closer <laughs> to, to winter break, be mindful also to this, like, don't, wouldn't it be interesting if you didn't kill yourself before winter break? And what I mean by that is like, if you didn't completely and utterly wear yourself out so that you just kind of like slid into, to winter break, like, like, you know, you were weak in a Bernie's or something like that. Um, take your time. Like it's, it, it will all work out and don't, it, I think it's so important to get to winter break and want it, but not need it as much. Cause when you need it, that's when all those days just blur past. And then the next thing you know, it's freaking end of winter break. And you're just like, Oh no, this is terrible. So take your time, find things that you delight in to, to, to take up some of your time, whether that's what you're eating, what you're drinking, what you're reading, what you're watching, who you're with, um, to the best that you can in these, in these crazy COVID times. Uh, and that's it, everyone. Um, that's it. We'll see you next week.
what's next week? Hold on. Peace. Next week, next Sunday is the 20th. Yeah, we can still meet. Yeah, we're still okay. doing it the 20th. We, won't, we probably won't do it the week after that because it's like right after Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking we'll take a little break. But then when we come back in the new year, I think we're going to... We're gonna have uh, we're gonna use Zoom so that we can have people guest in on on this also. So like if, maybe, you know, there's CJ and all of his ideas. No, that's why I put it off till after the New Year. I wanted okay. to do it this week, um, <laughs> but then like if John Lopez and his smoking jacket want to come on here, they can ask a question. They can just do it live, and that would be really fun too. That would be fun. Cool. Are we good? Yep. Can hit the end thing. All right, gang. Have a great week. Peace. Bye, everyone.